بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد We were discussing the seven stages of the soul seven levels of the soul's soul stages of the soul as it goes through these are this is like a hierarchy it goes from number one to two to three generally some people can start off at number two maybe some people even start off higher wallahu alam it's a gift of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but they're definitely progressively better as you go up that that's basically the idea that they're progressively better most of the time when we hear about the th- stages of the soul we hear about three which is amara lawama and mutmainna uh, in the surah that we recited today, Wal-Fajri uh, Walayalin Ashr, a number of them actually mentioned there, though they're not always highlighted in that sense. So the first one is An-Nafsul Ammara to be su because it is the one that incites to evil. And that's well known that it's the nafs, when actually we hear a voice inside us telling us to do something wrong, that's An-Nafsul Ammara bi su. It's mentioned in the Quran, Yusuf salam refers to it. And that's quite simple. I'm not going to go back into the full discussion of it. However, if a person really tries to overcome it and tries to do good deeds and try to have good thoughts and study, study, study well and tries to oppose the self, then this same faculty will stop telling us to do bad things. It will decrease. It will tell us less to do bad things because we don't listen to it. If somebody keeps knocking on your door and you let them in each time, they're going to feel like coming each time because they've got no... Especially if it's a unashamed person right then no mind I mean some people think I don't want to go too much I might feel like I'm overstepping my uh, uh, or I'm overstaying my welcome right most people would think that way that let's not go too many times otherwise they're gonna get bored of us but this nafs is pathetic it just keeps doing the same thing right? like a stubborn child but if we oppose it then it's willing to take a step back and if it does then sometimes it becomes a good one right so the second stage is when it becomes a better one. So anyway, it goes through these several stages like that. And um, so the first one is called An-Nafsul uh, Ammara, Ammara to Bissu, which is the one, the evil inciting self. Then after that, if it starts making us feel guilty when we do wrong things, then it's called the Lawama. Lawm in Arabic means to blame. So it makes you feel bad, I shouldn't have done that. Why do we do it then if the nafs is going to tell us not to do it? It's because we're habituated to it, something. So now the nafs will tell us, make us feel guilty. So that's a good sign. Most of us, a lot of us fluctuate between these two states. The nafs is, Ammara bisu or lawama. Generally, that's the case. That's what we experience anyway. Right? However, if a person continues to make an effort against it and doesn't want to do bad, they uh, basically take some steroids. The way to, to strengthen yourself is to take steroids. And that is by doing etikaf in the last 10 days of Ramadan. That's the steroids. And if you want more, then you go for hajj. Seriously. Those two are some heavy steroids you can take. That really strengthen you. Right? But of course, you can't go for hajj every day, right? It's for a, a certain period of the year. And then after you come back and you have about 9 months until Ramadan. Right, so you have to basically, whatever you get from Hajj, you have to try to make it last until Hajj and do things in between. Right? You could do other things in between. So anyway, 
When a person continues to make effort against it and then it becomes illuminated and it begins to understand what it should do and what it shouldn't do, then it becomes known as the mulhama. Mulhama means the inspired soul. The inspired soul. It hasn't become tranquil yet. It hasn't become rested yet. It's still the... It's now understood, okay, I should be doing this and I shouldn't be doing this. Becomes much more clearer. That's the number three. Then a person makes more effort and then it becomes definitely more inclined towards the good side and most of the time it's good and that is what uh, it starts to take on good characteristics it generally has better feelings less bad feelings good uh, characteristics inside of uh, love for people compassion etc etc so then it becomes now it's known as mutmainna the tranquil soul the rested soul the mutmainna so that is now uh, the fourth one that is now the fourth stage of it it's not i mean the, the, there's no new soul it's just it's just the transformation so now it's the fourth one um, again i'm not going to go into the depth because the last lesson was all about that in depth and then it says that then after that a person continues to make an effort and do good deeds and so on and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then showers them with some special blessings there's a special focus on them special attention is paid to them by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this nafs becomes a lot more in control, uh, controlled and a lot more satisfied with the good. It becomes a lot more satisfied with the good and thus it's called a radiyah. Again, the surah refers to that, radiyah and So it becomes called the radiyah, which is the fifth stage, which is better than the mutma'inna stage. And then it continues out. Now these are some very refining the next stages are very refined, which are very difficult to even explain without experience, obviously. But uh, it basically says then that when a human, per a human being then just really wants to depart this world, at least in his uh, attention, doesn't want to have it to do anything with this world, uses the world. It's not that they're going to go and sit in the cave. They're going to use the world, but their love for the world totally comes out. And now they're only satisfied with anything to do with Allah. There's no satisfa satisfaction with anything else. They're not satisfied with the dunya anymore. And a number of other things, and they, they're now constantly trying to do dhikr of Allah. Even when they're at work, they're constantly thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a beautiful state. That is the state where, uh, where, where the nafs goes into the next stage, which is called the mardiya stage, which is stage number six. So that's kind of where we got to last week, if I remember correctly. Last time we got to there. So Allah says, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna. O tranquil soul. Irji'i ila rabbik. Return to your Lord. Radiyatan mardiyatan. Both please then. So one is to be pleased yourself, the other one is to be made pleased by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fadhuli fi ibadi wa dhuli jannati. Enter into my servants among my servants and enter into my paradise. So number six was called Mardiya. The reason is called Mardiya. Mardiya means the one which is uh, the one which has been made satisfied because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now pays very special attention to it, protects it and always, always inspires it. So he's got a special 
it's basically specially supervised. And you know the hadith in Bukhari, etc., which says that when a person continues to do dhikr and come closer to me, then I became, become the hands by which he touches and the feet by which he walks and so on. So we're talking about a very, very strong connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then it becomes very difficult to do wrong things because we've got a, like a divine supervision, protection almost. Not as a prophet who can't do wrong at all. People can still do wrong. They can still get messed up. Shaitan is still going to be after such people. Right? That's always going to be the case. That's going to be a struggle until the end. But then he, then he continues. So he says, Now beyond this, so this is what we got to last time. He says, Now فَإِذَا سَارَ إِلَى مَنَازِلِ الْأَبْطَالِ After the sixth stage, which is a very high stage, when it continues to traverse and it goes now into the levels of the heavyweights, of the real close awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَخَلَّفَ الدُّنْيَا وَرَاءَ ظَهْرِهِ And they abandon the world behind them. Remember, abandoning the world doesn't mean that you don't use anything. You can still use an iPad, alright? You can still use a phone, but you're just not going to be obsessed by it and it's not going to be addictive anymore. You'll still eat food, you can even eat good food, but it's not going to do anything for you. Do you understand? It's going to be the same. Somebody's happy with you or unhappy with you for the wrong reasons, you don't care anymore. You don't have an ego anymore. Right? The only thing in this is that there's still a bit of an ego problem that could, that could upset you. That's why you're not at the highest level yet. That a, that a non-profit can reach. So he says, when a person then throws the dunya behind their back, then at this point, نَادَاهُ رَبُّهُ بِأَحْسَنِ مَقَالِ This is when those verses we recited in Salat, this is when Allah addresses a person with that. And Allah says with the most beautiful words, Ya ila rabbiki You've already received those two stages. Now you enter among my close servants and you enter into paradise. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts them into this high stage of the servants of Ihsan. Ihsan. Right? Of absolute perfection in faith. Now these are all terms uh, basically saying that now gives him, uh, adorns him with the mantle of satisfaction. It's almost like garlanding somebody, giving them an award, giving them a garb. You know like when you graduate, you get those special garbs, so he gives you a garland or a garb, a, a, a robe of honor, of satisfaction. And enters them into the paradise of being able to witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on the day of judgment, obviously, then he will give them a very special position, a very special station, which is the station of truth. Because then a person has been show has demonstrated himself true to Allah. He's become of the Siddiqeen. So then they're given a place Maqadi Sidqin in the Malikin Muqtadir as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in uh, in Iqtarabati Sa'atu and Shakal Qamar. So this is a special position, a place for such people on the day of judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that it's quite a tough it sounds like a very arduous journey, but there is no harm in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for facilitation. He may accept our dua insha'Allah. وَفِي هَذَا الْمَقَامِ قَدْ تَمَّتِ الْمُجَاهَدَةُ وَالْمُكَابَدَةُ 
he says that this position now all your striving and your efforts against your soul has finally come to a head finally been accomplished like they've all paid off now all of this effort of shunning the wrong struggling through those dark days and nights all of those desires and attractions and temptations going against them not falling to them this is now a point where you can say I've got somewhere whether you say that or not it's not the matter it's just that alhamdulillah you get somewhere it becomes much more smooth, smoother sailing afterwards because now all of the attributes of perfection characteristics of perfection of how Allah wants somebody to be they now become your second nature they're no longer a struggle you no longer have to struggle to not be jealous you no longer have to struggle to not get angry for the wrong things you no longer have to struggle against desire this becomes the norm this becomes easy it becomes us that's who we become imagine that was such an easy stage because we're constantly struggling right now doesn't matter where you live afterwards of course as such a person won't won't be obviously interested in living in living in a place of fitna anyway but that's that's besides the point what to summon so now this is your seventh stage of the soul where now it's called the kamila the perfected soul accomplished soul so there's seven stages and do you, does anybody see any problem with these seven stages? They sound quite logical to be honest, right? They don't sound, I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of these stages. I mean, nobody sees any issues with them, right? right. And again, I mean, the, the, I don't think there's any hadith or anything that actually uh, describes this hierarchy that, okay, you've got the kamila and then the mardiyya and the radiyya. There's no hadith like that. These are just... Uh, Stages of experience that people have, the awliya have experienced, they've, they've found this through experience and they've just given it a term from the Quran and Sunnah. So most of these terms are from the Quran and Sunnah because mulhama is from the Hadith, Ammara bisu is from the Quran, right? Um, what else? Radiyat Mardiyya is in the Quran, Mutma'inna is in the Quran, Kamila, is that in the Quran or is it in a Hadith? Um, I can't think of it from the Quran, but it must be in a hadith then. So these are just taking all of the different stages and just giving them a bit of a hierarchy to understand. Somebody may experience something different to that. They may make the terminology different. It's fine. That's not a problem. What you can't deny is of these stages, whether you call them whatever you call them. Because these are experiential stages that can be, uh, that can be experienced by people. When you get to this kamila level, then this is the highest level of the soul that the human soul can get to of a non-prophet. Because remember, prophets have a special fast pass, right? They, they are at the top anyway. They have to be because Allah chose them for His mission. He can't have weak prophets. He can't have sinful prophets. It just doesn't make any sense. That would essentially be saying that God doesn't know how to choose. Or He doesn't have anybody to choose from, so He chooses a weak person. That's why prophets have to be the best of their time, right? وَأَكْمَلُهَا فَخْرًا And of course, this is the most complete in terms of, uh, in, in terms of its, uh, its status. وَمَعَ ذَلِكَ لَا يَنْقَطِعُ تَرَقِيهَا أَبَدًا However, the ascension, the elevation, the progress and advancement still does not stop. Allah is infinite. So you can never stop. Right? So, 
while you've reached this stage, it's a milestone. It's a very good milestone, right? But you still continue to rise. So the few people who are at that level, there will be obviously differences between those people. Because some will be still higher than others. Because as long as you live in this world, you can still continue to ascend. And the thing in general, there's a rule of the world, right? Which is very important for us to focus on. There's a rule of the world. Whether you call this a psychological rule, a biological rule, or whatever you want to call it, because it actually spans a number of human functions, right? Which is that this world never stays stagnant. This world, there is nothing in this world that stays stagnant. Right? If you look at food, if you look at anything which is natural, I'm not talking about plastics. All right? We're having a big trouble with plastics right now. You don't want to be plastic. Right? You want to be natural. You look at anything with nature, whether that be fruits or trees or anything else, there's a constant movement in there. It's built up of bacteria and things like that. There's internal... Um, it, it's gonna, it, water, even water, if you leave it stagnant, it becomes dirty. Right? Water needs to move for it to stay fresh. That's the nature of this world. So basically the law that people have come up with, which is the law of life, is that if you don't make an attempt to progress, you will never stay the same. You will always regress. Because you can't stay the same. You are different to how you were five years ago. Right? Can you not tell any difference between where, where you were ten years ago and where you are now? Hopefully we're in a better place. The mind is constantly changing. The brain is constantly changing. Because the way the neurons are linked to each other and the billions of connections that are being made, the hard wiring inside, right? They change based on our experiences. We are a different person to who we were 10, 10 years ago. So if we're not a better person, then maybe we're a worse person. Because there's no other way about it. That's why what I'm trying to say from this is that we constantly need to be wanting to be better. And we can't be better unless we've got a concern to be better. So even at this stage when you got to, you can't relax. Though it becomes easier, at this stage you still can ascend. Because there's never stagnation. The only time you'll be in a passive state of absolute bliss is in paradise, if you can call it that. Where you've got all the time in the world. Because you're out of the world. You've got all the time where Allah will allow it to remain forever and you can just enjoy. You can literally enjoy one thing for hundreds of years and then move on to the next. Because time doesn't matter there anymore. Time will always haunt us in this world. Even if you go to the best holiday or you go for Hajj. Right? Eventually it has to come to an end. You have to come back home. Right? And that's the world. We have to go back to the Akhirah. So, Never will they stop to advance. Because the accomplished one can still accept more accomplishment. Right. And eventually this person, he, as he continues to ascend, he will always then be somebody who will see Allah before he sees anything else. So when he does anything, he sees Allah behind it before he actually sees the object. Right now we force ourselves to think about Allah. I mean, how, how easy or how difficult is it rather 
for us to even remember Allah before we eat. Bismillah wa barakatillah. Before we go to sleep. Allahumma inni aslamtu nafsi ilayk wa wajjahtu wajhi ilayk wa aljahtu dhahri ilayk raghbatan wa rahbatan ilayk la maljaa wa la manja minka illa ilayk amantu bi kitabika alladhi anzalt wa bi nabiyyika alladhi arsalt This is a dua the Prophet sallallahu used to read it's a wonderful dua that the Prophet sallallahu said when you get into your bed when you lie down to sleep you basically turn to your right because the right is symbolic for the ashabul yameen in the hereafter Aside from the health issues that everybody has found behind this, that's a separate point. We don't, we don't, alhamdulillah, that's a great thing. If there's a health issue uh, be, uh, in terms of sleeping to the right, there's some studies that have shown that, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is the Prophet said, you turn, you get to sleep, you, you, you put your right hand under your, your cheek, and then you read this dua. And what the dua is, is quite amazing. It's every night you do this. You start off that way, then you can turn to another side if you want to sleep another side, but you start off this way. At least start off this way. Allahumma inni aslamtu nafsi ilayk. Oh Allah, I submit my nafs to you. I'm, I'm going to sleep. Sleep is the sister of death. I, I may not wake up. Right? So I submit my nafs and my soul to you. And I wajjahtu wajhi ilayk. And I face my, basically, I direct my face in, towards you. That means the right side is always the better side. And wa aljahtu dhahri ilayk. And I put into refuge, I give into refuge my back to you. Which basically is saying that I'm giving you myself. رَغْبَةً وَرَهْبَةً إِلَيْكَ Which means I do this in earnestness and full desire for you. وَرَهْبَةً and in reverent fear. I do this because I'm desirous of it and I have reverent fear as well for you. And then, what's after that? لَا مَلْجَأَ وَلَا مَنْجَأَ مِنْكَ إِلَّا إِلَيْكَ there is no place of safety and there's no refuge and there's no place of safety except with you. There's no one else I can call on for safety. Amantu, then you're reaffirming, Amantu bi kitabika ladhi anzalt. I am, I believe in, I declare my belief in the book that you have revealed. And the Prophet, wabi nabiyika ladhi arsalt, and the Prophet that you have sent. Essentially a declaration of who we are, what we are, our position. If we can do that every night, then there's a great barakah in that. If we are to pass away that night, we've passed away with faith, for sure. So learn this dua. It's in Sahih al-Bukhari. It's in numerous other hadith collections. And I'm sure you can find it and maybe we'll post it up uh, with, with this lecture as well, inshallah. And if you want it before then, just email us at zamzamacademy.com and we'll send it to you. It should be in most du'a books anyway, right? It should be in most good du'a books, like Reflections of Pearls, right? So yeah, learn that du'a, learn that du'a. Teach it to your children as well. Aside from Allahumma bismika amutu wa that's another du'a. But this one is a declaration that you do at the same time. You know, it'd be wonderful if we can sleep with that du'a. You just have this, mashallah, confidence. That I've got this behind me, you know? It's, it's just wonderful. And then after that, you can turn another way if you want to, then you can, you know, it's just, that's how you start off. Of course, if you can carry on sleeping on your right, that's even better. وَمُشَاهَدَتُهُ تَعَالَى قَبْلَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ هُوَ الْمُسَمَّى عِنْدَهُمْ بِالْمُعَايَنَةِ Now this is just clarifying certain terms that are used in the spiritual line. So you know this stage where this person gets nafs kamila, and then after that they're able to witness Allah before anything else, right? So, you know, whatever they do, 
they're thinking of Allah first, that Allah is behind this. You eat some food, oh Allah, this is who Allah, Allah created this food for us, right? He's given us tawfiq, He's given us understanding to uh, make this the way it is, and, and, and so on and so forth. So that stage is called mu'ayana. Mu'ayana comes from seeing. So you're not seeing, you don't see Allah, Allah. You're like You don't see Allah physically, but you see Him everywhere in the sense of His blessings, His workings, his beauty, his power, basically his names. Those names, 99 names, they become a reality for us. We actually see him opening things. We see him giving success. We see him demoting people. We see him, his mercy. We see his love. So you see all of those names, that's the amazing part there. right? This is also called the eye of conviction. You've already had the knowledge of the certain. You already know for sure this is the case, but you don't experience it with you know you don't experience it yet until this stage. This is when you start experiencing this stuff. You know, which is to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through evidences, that's ilmul yaqeen. But now you actually start winning. Nobody's gonna shake your faith after this. Nobody's gonna shake your faith after this. Then after that, thumma haqqul yaqeen. Which is the reality of the conviction, which is to witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically in everything, but without you thinking that Allah is inside that thing. That, that's a crazy idea. That, that's when it goes wrong. You've heard of some people in the past, some crazy people maybe who started saying that I am Allah. Because they so, get so enthralled by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeing Him everywhere, that they actually start thinking that I'm not even existent, it's just Allah, that I'm uh, Allah walking on two feet. Two feet. That's just a, you can say a slip up of this problem, uh, of this path. That's just where things have gone wrong, right? And that's not something which we, which we see. That's why he says that where it's biduni hululin wala ittihadin. You don't reach any aqidah where you start thinking that Allah is inside something because Allah doesn't inhere in anything. He's transcendent of everything. He doesn't unify with anything. Yes, He controls everything. He's behind everything. Wala ittisalin. Wala infisalin, none of this physical anthropomorphic ideology at all. It's just a pure ideology. Look at a mirror. When you see your face in the mirror, your, your face and that mirror have not become one. They've not become, there's no union between them. It's just you're seeing a reflection in it. So you basically start seeing Allah everywhere in terms of His power and everything. This is an experiential idea that he's talking about. Not something physical you're going to start seeing Allah because that's a blasphemy. You can't see Allah. لا تدركوا الأبصار as Allah says in the Quran. And it's only the serious people who can get this. Now there's going to be people who may listen to this saying, where is all of this stuff from? Well, I've already mentioned, I mean, this is something really high that you have to experience to be able to get it. Now, how can anybody deny this without having experienced this? It's like this kid saying, no man, I can't believe you can get so much pleasure in sexual intercourse. They've never experienced it. How are they going to know? The day they experienced it, they wish they did it a long time ago. Right? I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to be vulgar here, but I'm just saying that that's basically, how can you deny something you don't experience? That you can't experience yet, that you're not there yet for? That's premature. That's premature. 
Now, the thing here is that don't think that this person is going to relax now and he doesn't have to do worship. Because shaitan will come to people and say, you don't need to worship anymore. You've reached that high stage. As somebody came to Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimahullah, the shaitan came to him and tried to mislead him. He says, وَصَاهِبُ هَذَا الْمَقَامِ لَا يَفْتُرْ عَنِ الْعِبَادَةِ لِأَنَّهَا صَارَتْ تَبْعُهُ This person of this stage is not going to now weaken at all in his worship. Because that's become his nature to worship. There's no way you can take this person away from worship and say, hey, you've done enough. We see, in a, we see this in the Prophet ﷺ, right? Where he would stand with his, uh, until his legs became worn. Why? And he enjoying it. And people, Aisha is telling him, you've got, you know, Allah has already forgiven everything of yours. It's, it's nature now. This is what they do. For some people, eating becomes nature. They just love to keep eating. Right? So here, this is talking about worship. Of course, it's easier to get used to eating than to get used to worship. It's a more, it's a struggle, so it's it's more difficult, right? Imma bil lisani wa imma bil jinani wa imma bil arkan. This guy is going to be worshiping. This person is going to be worshiping, whether he's worshiping with his tongue, his his heart, or his body. فَحَرَكَاتُ hasanat. In fact, every movement of his eventually becomes worship because he's so in tune with Allah. His thought process is all about Allah. It's all his good thoughts. So that means any movement he makes, he makes it for the right reason. So he gets rewarded for that. وَأَنْفَاسُهُ عِبَادَاتِ Every breath of his is a worship. He lives to worship. So that means every breath you live for is going to be for worship. وَلِذَا قَالَ سَيْدِي مُحَمَّدْ وَفَاءَ أَبُو سَيْدِي عَلِي وَفَاءَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْ وَبَعْدَ الْفَنَاءِ بِاللَّهِ كُنْ كَيْفَ مَا تَشَاءَ فَعِلْمُكَ لَا جَهَلْ وَفِعْلُكَ لَا وِزْر he says, after you've reached this stage of annihilation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you can be as you wish because your knowledge is always going to be knowledge, there's going to be no ignorance, and you're always going to be doing something good, and there's never going to be any sin because everything you do is going to be good because that's your focus. So, anyway, this person he says, This person is generally protected from falling into. Uh, into sins and infractions and other problems because he is always in the company always in the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of his states so if you're in the company of somebody who's supervising all the time you can't go wrong right you, you're generally not going to do wrong because you're being supervised this time you like to be supervised you're in the special supervision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anyway he carries on he says Unfortunately, he says, those who reach this level of perfection among people are extremely few. Very, very, very few. Because to start with, those who want to attempt to be on this path in the first place, there are a few to start with who try to get even to the second or third level. So when you're talking about the seventh level, that's going to be some real hierarchy. And those who actually reach from those people who even embark on the path, very few, because the path, the, the path is quite difficult. And then those who reach perfection are going to be even fewer. This, this, this path to Allah is extremely difficult. The only person who has the ability to traverse this and accomplish these ways, these paths, these stages, is the one who's got a very high aspiration, really driven person. 
and a person with a lot of truthfulness inside him to want the truth. Is tarkul ma'lufati min al-ta'ami wal-manami wa jam'i al-mali wa hubbi al-jahi wa sa'iri al-shahawati la yaqdir alayhi illa al-qaleelu min al-abtal. Why? Because to get there, you, you have to do the following things, which means abandonment of all that you are familiar with of food, your favorite foods, right? Your sleep, gathering wealth, love of position, and all the other desires that generally bowl us over. Very few people accept the real abtal, the real pehlwans. Right, the real masters, except them, right? The, most of us just get bowled over. Right, we just lose. We start seeing things on the way. We start benefiting from respect, and we benefit from maybe other people's uh, respect and everything. And then it just makes us abuse our position, right? It makes us kick the Sharia in 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 its face, right? It makes us contravene its laws. May Allah protect us. Yes, in, on this path, you're going to come across many destructive factors that seem good, but they're destructive. Right? And there's a lot of pitfalls. It's almost like demoting. Right? It's almost like, you know, like, don't do it. But that's not what he's just trying to say that you're going to have to have a lot of himma to want to do this. So that's why the su- successful one among them are few, and that's why it's been said, كَيْفَ الْوُصُولُ إِلَى سُعَادَ وَدُونَهَا قَلَلُ الْجِبَالِ وَبَيْنَهُنَّ حُتُوفُ وَالرِّجْلُ حَافِيَةٌ وَمَالِي مَرْكَبٌ وَالْيَدُ سُفْرٌ وَالطَّرِيكُ مَخُوفُ He says, see, a lot of these poems, that they, they, they generally give the example of a man after a woman, because that's just so symbolic in this world, right? Everybody gets it. The Romeo Juliet story. So generally, the two names that they use, right? If you want to call your daughters with that, is Suad, is one. That's a famous one. And the other one is Layla, and another one is Suada. Layla, Suada, and Suad. That's what the poets generally use as these Juliets in Arabic poetry. So he's saying, "Kaifal wusulu ila Suad." How can you reach Suad? How can you get to Suad, your beloved? Whereas between you and her, there are these huge mountains and there's death that's lurking around in every ravine and around every corner within those mountains. And you don't even have shoes. You are barefoot. You don't even have footwear. And I don't even have, I don't even have a means of conveyance. I don't even have transport. Sufrun. I don't even have money, my hands are empty, my palms are empty. And of course the path is very dangerous. So he, he's, he's trying to say that if somebody really is in love, they're going to get across this. And that's your love is, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, when Imam Ghazali was sought after he decided to abandon everything, and he said the same thing, he says that, he says the same thing. He says that I kept thinking I'm going to nearly get there, but it was tough. It was difficult. And I ke- he kept reading this poem, which, said, which is that if you want to get to your beloved, then you have to really... And, you know, we've got stories. If people can do that for people they love, then why can't you do that for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for which you're going to get benefit in the hereafter? I know this is all high and mighty stuff. This sounds so far off from our reality. 
our difficulty, our challenges. But at least it's nice to know what these, that, that there, is these, there are these stages. If we don't even know, then we have no aspiration. Once we know there are these high stages of closeness to Allah and then eventual satisfaction in paradise, then inshallah at least we can get further than we would have. So we ask Allah for tawfiq, we ask Allah to bless the author for providing us this knowledge and we ask Allah to allow us to, f- uh, to, to follow in the footsteps of the great people, of the few people who did go that far. I know Allah make us better next year than where we are this year. That's the main thing. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarakta ya dhal jalali wal ikram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hannanu ya mannan la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimeen. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma ghfir lana, Allahumma ghfir lana, warhamna wa afina wahdina wa razuqna. اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم Oh Allah, we ask you for your attention We ask you for your mercy We ask you for your supervision Oh Allah, we ask you for your blessing Above all, we ask you for your forgiveness Oh Allah, purify us and cleanse us Oh Allah, purify our hearts Oh Allah, make our hearts the way you want them to be Oh Allah, we ask that we have so much so much, so many other things filling our heart, occupy, uh, occupying us, taking our time, distracting us. Oh Allah, we ask that you allow, grant us your love and the love of those who love you. Oh Allah, and that you turn us towards you. Oh Allah, that you write us to be of those who will be close to your messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in the hereafter. Oh Allah, purify our nafs. O oh Allah, purify our nafs. O oh Allah, allow it to ascend to the higher levels of the nafs, the, the praiseworthy levels. O oh Allah, grant us a nafs al-mutma'inna, a nafs al-radiyya, a nafs al-mardiyya, a nafs al-kamila. O oh Allah, these are great things to ask you. O oh Allah, we, we feel even embarrassed to ask you with the amount of deeds that we have and the amount of misdeeds we have to our name. But O oh Allah, you know, we know that you love to be asked and we know that you love to be give. And O oh Allah, we know that you're the best of those who can be asked And we know that you're the best of those who will give and who give So oh Allah, that's why we are asking you O oh Allah, grant us shifai kamila Both from our spiritual and our physical ailments O oh Allah, remove the hurdles in our path O oh Allah, remove the fitna and the temptations that we have to face day in and day out Whether that be at our workplace, whether that be in our own homes, whether that be outside, whether that be with family members, whether that be with our own spouse and children. Oh Allah, we ask to unify us in goodness. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us all guides of guided people. Oh Allah, you make us all the keys for goodness and you you protect us from being the keys for evil. Oh Allah, make us the means of good in this world. Oh Allah, accept us for some service of your deen. Whatever that may be. Oh Allah, bless our Muslim brothers and sisters around the world and bring back humanity to humans. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you remove the difficulties that many of our brothers and sisters are feeling around the world, especially in Syria and other places. Oh Allah, remove their problem, remove their problem. Oh Allah, remove the grant them security, safety, and well being. O oh Allah, grant us all safety, security, and well-being. O oh Allah, elevate your kalima, la ilaha illallah. O oh Allah, elevate your kalima, la ilaha illallah. O oh Allah, those who are having trouble and confusion with regards to 
the faith and to about you oh allah we ask that you give us the tools to deal with these things you give us you inspire us you protect us from these kind of these kind of difficulties and confusions oh allah we ask that you allow us to rise to the challenge of today and you ask you make us of those who contribute to society who are not just consumers and who just die after having consumed this world. Oh Allah, allow us to contribute in a positive way. Oh Allah, accept our brothers and sisters, those who are here, those who are listening elsewhere, and all the, all the world. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us all close to you. Oh Allah, grant us the kalima la ilaha illallah on our deathbed. And oh Allah, grant us jannatul firdaus. And we ask that you, we finally ask that you send your abundant blessings to our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that you grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi.